Good afternoon. This is the hotness and sweetly. We would like to welcome you back to another edition of our Restaurant Magic Radio Show. We are so happy that you're joining in. And I'm the hotness, and I'm joined by my co-host, Sweetly. And for those who may not know, we are true foodies. We just love to eat. Um, We like to highlight black-owned restaurants, caterers, um, food trucks, anything associated with food. We are there. And today joining us, we have Dorian Bolden of the BU Cafe. He's the owner of the BU Cafe in Durham, North Carolina. So hello, Dorian. Hey, how you all doing? Doing well. well. Thank you so much. I am pretty sure our listeners are so excited to hear about your BU Cafe. And normally I always start off with how did you get started and, you know, how long have you been in the business? But my question I'd like to start with today, Mr. Dorian, is how did you come up with that name, BU? So it's funny. When uh, me and my roommates were living together in New York, uh, we used to always say to each other, you know, just be you, be yourself, uh, every time we had a problem. So, you know, living in the Big Apple, stuff going on, and, you know, just dealing with the daily grind of life challenges. And so, um, you know, when stuff used to just get us down, we just remind ourselves, like, yo, man, just be you, just be yourself. And, uh, you know, it's just that firm belief that if, it, if you believe in who you are, believe in yourself, um, believe in the Almighty that they're going to, you know, he's going to do the rest, then there's nothing to worry about. So part of it was just a way to create a spot where any and everyone could just be themselves and just be you. And so, yeah, that's kind of how the name was, was birthed. Well, that's awesome. That is neat. I like that. Be you. Be yourself. That is so true because you can only be you. You can't be anybody else. God created you. Right. You have to do you. So that's what you're doing. You're doing you. So tell us more about your restaurant and how did you get started? Yeah, so, you know, it's funny. We're going into our, our 10th year uh, next year. So we started back in uh, 2009. And um, the the goal was really just to try to open up uh, a small little coffee shop and, you know, we have a couple of little food items and maybe do, you know, one or two people on the guitar or something, just playing a little bit of background music. And then before we realized it, <clears throat> when we started opening up in downtown Durham, which was really known as kind of this hot spot for um, food and, um, you know, especially as it was kind of really coming on the scene as a foodie, uh, as a foodie uh, downtown area, we realized we had to kind of revamp our menu and put more focus on the food side of it. So, you know, we couldn't bring in frozen food or, um, you know, we had to do more chef-driven uh, style menu items. And so over the years, the food menu has really taken off where we, you know, just started making our own stuff in-house from our own sauces, um, cooking things from scratch, no frozen meats or anything like that. And, and then uh, the coffee was already kind of the foundation of what we do. And so when we started doing this uh, live music aspect where, you know, we just kind of would have guys kind of come in as hobbyists, we realized the jazz scene really started taking off and all of a sudden people really started loving the music and so before we realized we were just bringing in um really top tier artists coming through as well and so it kind of became this this combination of doing uh coffee food with music all in one arena and yeah bu cafe just kind of blew up into this cool hot spot in uh, downtown durham that is just, awesome yeah i like the uh, the vibe that you're describing unfortunately sweetly and i we haven't been there yet but so it's on our to-do list every time you know we try to go up there you know or some something comes up but we're definitely going to come out there and just check it out because like you said the jazz the coffee and the food i mean i was looking at your your menu and I oh. saw like the <laughs> I, cause I, I, I like I love to eat Dorian, I love to eat. Sweetly does the cooking but I love to eat. But I saw you had the shrimp and grits, the braised short ribs, the sweet potato French toast and the cornbread collard bites. 
And so I saw that. I was like, hmm, Fanny tell Mae. me more about the – do you cook at all in your restaurant? Are you one of the chefs? No, I made sure um, I was smart enough to bring on um, the talented uh, individuals who could cook in the kitchen and, you know, make sure we keep bringing customers in-house. So I'm more on the business side and the coffee side. So I start off on the barista. Um, kind of making coffee beverages. And so when I brought in my first chef, which kind of brought in the whole um, aspect of, uh, again, a chef-driven menu, we just kind of evolved over time and wanted to have this soulful approach to it. And so uh, one, of the, you know, one of our past chefs, again, we've been in this for 10 years, and so um, our second chef was from Baton Rouge and really brought this kind of Creole uh, soulful flair through it. And so since then it was like you know, adding the shrimps and grits, um, you know, the catfish and grits, and, you know, before we realized it, as we kept going, you know, we just started making little tweaks here and there to where we really love French toast for our breakfast items and adding that with the wings. And so started doing our wings and toast. And then just recently we did kind of a, a latest update where we wanted to add a little more flair to it where we kind of came up with the nacho cheese fries, adding in our own Cajun seasoning with some pico de gallo and nacho cheese sauce with bacon and green onions. And then, of course, the cornbread collar bites, which is just killer so it's just good old cornbread but we do like this really cool uh molasses glaze that we drizzle on top with collard greens in the middle and bacon bits and so it gives it this really cool soulful but elegant feel and that's really always been our focus is you know when you think about not just a black-owned restaurant but you know how do we present ourselves in just this beautiful light in terms of when you come in a lot of people don't even realize that it's black-owned it's just the added flair of this soulful approach to our cooking and so when you think about just um, the atmosphere the ambiance the food yeah, it's just a beautiful environment um, you know just from the service to the food to the coffee and again those are the elements to us that allows one to just unwind relax escape the day-to-day craziness and just be you be you I love it be you I'm telling you I, I want to hear more about these collard greens and cornbread <laughs> who thought of that one that just drizzled with what over it uh so we use like we create this uh molasses glaze and so when you think about that like, kind of this molasses syrup that we make in house and um we kind of do the glaze over it. so it has this cool uh, just um uh I, I guess you think about it kind of this the the cornbread with the collard greens, which, you know, if you ever went to, you know, your auntie's house or whatever, I mean, you've had some, some good cornbreads and collard greens. Yeah, then fried cornbread and fried pan, mm-hmm, and some collard right. greens. Right, so, you know, right, and then, you know, you already add bacon on top of collard greens, but then you add that little sweetness that goes to it. You just really get this cool fusion that kind of goes. And because we do the bites, we actually make, like, little small um, mini muffins of the cornbreads. So this okay. way it has a really beautiful plate presentation as well. And so this way you get this nice appetizer that kind of gets you, you know, just wanting something else. And so it kind of prepares you to go right into, you know, our jazzy shrimp and grits or the braised short ribs um, or even the chicken and toast or the catfish and grits. So it's kind of a nice little appetizer to kind of get you going. I tell you, though, like one of my favorites, though, is that Sakatimi grilled cheese, though. It's like, man, you know, you think about a regular grilled cheese sandwich, but, you know, you do a little bit more on the American, and we use this horseradish cheddar chive um, cheese and just gives it that nice little smokiness, spiciness to it. So it's not just your, your regular grilled cheese. And, you know, again, it's just creating good comfort food, but in a presentation that's just, you know, nice and, and simple. So it's kind of like big southern food funked up. You know, it's just like a little bit of each nationality thrown into this southern food, which makes it the bomb because it just everything sounds good. 
because I was just going to really say, okay, I'm going to have the collard greens and cornbread, but then you just said an awesome grilled cheese. I'm torn. So be ready when I get there. I probably want like a little bit of everything. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's going to eat your, your whole menu, Dorian, but um, we are going to take <laughs> – that's what Sweetly does. She eats everything. But we're going to take a quick commercial break, and when we come back, we're going to ask okay. Dorian – about, you know, what his struggles were, you know, in opening up his restaurants, or if he ever thought about stopping doing what God blessed him to do. So we'll be right back. My name is Jimmy Davies, and I'm the owner of the Every.Black family of websites. I created EveryBlackEntrepreneur.com because we must become entrepreneurs, and we have to use technology to level the playing field. We support our members by highlighting them in a weekly email announcement, we create a monthly directory where every member has a full-page display. One of the largest advantages of joining the Every.Black family is the ability to network with all of the other members. We have also partnered with the Truth Network to provide a 10% discount for anyone joining and using the discount code of TRUTH, T-R-U-T-H, when signing up. Go to everyblackentrepreneur.com. Click on the Sign Up button and join today. You can reach us at 919-265-8045. Sign up today and join the movement to achieve economic freedom. When will I get married? Waiting can never be easy. Whether it's waiting on a taxi or a job promotion, it can be difficult. When it comes to waiting on Mr. Right, aka Boaz, it becomes even more challenging to wait while you're single. In this lighthearted book, Where's Boaz? I don't know. I'm tired of kissing frogs too. Best-selling author, Nevada York, offers suggestions based on the Bible's great love story of Ruth and Boaz and from her own experience of waiting on God. You will learn the attributes of Ruth and use the Ruth reality chart to do a self-check on your own attributes. Nevada also shares the 10-step plan that Ruth followed to win her Boaz. Obedience and being a blessing plays a key role. Trust the Lord and its timing. Make your season of singleness Ruth-defining. Order Nevada York's latest book, Where's Boaz? I don't know. I'm tired of kissing frogs, too. Available on Amazon.com in paperback and Kindle. Welcome back, audience. We're here with Dorian Bolden of the BU Cafe in Durham, North Carolina. And before we went to break, I was asking Dorian, have you ever thought about giving up on your business? You said you guys been in business for the past 10 years. So what were some of the struggles, the ups and downs that you've had? Yeah, so, you know, it's weird when you think about you've, um, you know, we're celebrating 10 years um, next year, and you start thinking about just, um, you know, what it's like to, you know, be in business for nearly a decade. Uh, and it hit me the other day, too, when I was like, man, you know, I used to love growing up, you know, watching the Cosby Show growing up. And I'm like, man, we've been we've been in business longer than the Cosby Show been on the air. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, when you start looking at, like, the nature of business, for us it was the, the explosive growth that happened in downtown Durham which uh, caused real estate prices to go up, which means lease prices, and it just got really expensive to um, to survive. And so I think one was trying to navigate the challenges of, you know, um, you know, as people talk about the debate around revitalization and gentrification, you know, when you start seeing um, higher price in rents, you start seeing a, 
a, a turnaround in the demographics. You know, we had to adapt um, compared to when we first started. And so that was one of our, our earlier challenges of, you know, how do we stay true to our identity but still be able to uh, adapt to a changing marketplace uh, without losing our core and, you know, losing our soul. And, you know, right. and that's always a challenge, I guess, for anybody, you know, especially when you are coming in as a minority business that has a really soulful concept. And so that was one of the earlier challenges that we had to tackle and really try to establish community partnerships and, you know, but make sure we maintain a staff that's still diverse and that's reflective of, you know, the true nature of our city here in Durham. Um, you know, I think another challenge that came on after that was, you know, we realized it got so expensive to stay in our location, so we ended up moving and so because we had kind of demonstrated we've been in business for a while, uh, my wife and I ended up um, purchasing uh, a condo unit, like the, really two doors down. And mm-hmm. through a Kickstarter uh, community's uh, Kickstarter campaign, we ended up raising close to $40,000 to help us purchase with equipment, got an SBA loan. And so we were able to at least lock in um, kind of like that longevity of a, of a locked-in uh, rent rate so that we didn't have to worry about getting pushed out as things got really expensive and, you know, you start seeing these franchises and kind of more corporate chain type stores begin to to move in. And luckily, the nice thing about Durham is you see a lot of independently owned small businesses kind of doing the same thing. They either are part owners or uh, own their spaces, and that is a, a great way to kind of uh, protect yourself um, from the long term. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was probably one of the earlier challenges is just, you know, almost getting kicked out and um, almost going out of business trying to, to survive with the changing marketplace. Well, you strived and you didn't give up, and that's, that's just awesome. And I heard you mention some things um, that maybe are starting restaurant entrepreneurs may be interested in. You said kickstart, and then it was something else, maybe like grants and loans that you did. Now, is there any information you could give us on that for our new entrepreneurs? Yeah, I mean, you know, early in the beginning, it's like, you know, how do you find the money to get up and running? You know, we needed to raise um, roughly a half a million dollars. I need to raise a half a million dollars to, to get going. And so, you know, wasn't born with a silver spoon, so it's kind of like, okay, how do you come up with that much money? And so, you know, my background when I graduated from school was in finance, and so I think I, I had a, a good understanding of at least uh, understanding how the numbers work in a sense of how to try to get a return on investment. And so I think I was able to just try to, okay, there's always a way to put pieces together. So one piece is, you know, working with your landlord. You know, if you think about it, your landlord owns the building. Um, that's an asset. And you know, they want a really great tenant. So if you can prove to your landlord that you have a really great business plan, then work with your landlord to help put that money and upfit it. Because whether you come and stay there forever and be a great tenant or you go, you know, it's still an asset for them. And so a lot of times, you know, a landlord can use the building as a way of getting a loan, and then they tack that on into your lease. And so we end up starting off with a much higher lease rate than, you know, I really wanted to compared to what the market rate was, all because, you know, again, it was just, um, you know, I had to, to prove the concept and I had to, to borrow the money from the landlord to, to do tenant improvement dollars. Um, another place you can look at is looking at your local um, CDC. These are community development corporations. They are kind of a branch of the um, the U.S. government. The S- I think that's the, the SBA, but they are specifically meant to help provide funding for um, for businesses that are kind of going into certain areas that um, they want to help revitalize. And so, for us, uh, being um, you know coming into Durham at a time where 
the it, it actually you know it it um it it fit the I guess the criteria for the CDC. You know we were able to get an equipment loan from them, and they usually give preferable um, loan rates than a bank. And so with that, you know if you're having to buy equipment or you know you're having to buy tangible assets to the business, you can sometimes get a um, a loan from a CDC corporation um, that's backed by the government or just an SBA loan. But generally, they will they can give you an equipment loan because they they always have the underlying assets. So God forbid you go out of business, they can take the equipment and you know resell and they get their money back. So you can kind of use that as a collateralized way to start. Um, <clears throat> then last but not least was actually going after investors, and so the investors was the the final piece that you know just had to knock on doors. And I think a lot of times is you know you think it's always about this great idea, this great concept. But I think, you know, the reality is, you know, investors are investing in the individual. You know, they want to make sure that the person can succeed, um, that they're going to do everything they can to, to, to make it work. You know, if that means you're not going to take any pay. You're going to eat on some ramen noodles for as long as it takes to mm-hmm. get it to go. Um, you know, you're going to catch the bus or whatever you have to. I mean, you're going to do whatever it takes to make sure that, um, you know, the, you know, that you're staying in business. And I think <clears throat> the one thing that we, we forget as small business owners is that we've got to make sure our business plan is fully capitalized. You know, sometimes we want to get hit the ground running, which is great. But you've got to make sure you have enough money to, to really um, weather the storm and get up and running because once the money is gone, it's game over. And I yeah. think a lot of times you can start two ways. I mean, you can raise enough capital and kind of go all in. Um, and, but then sometimes, you know, don't be afraid to start small. You know, let it be a side hustle where you can actually – prove a concept, you know, even with, you know, while you have your primary job. And so prove that the concept works and then go after, go out there and say, hey, look, this is what I've done. I've built these, I've built this, you know, amount in sales. I have a proven track record. My sales are going up every single month to the point where now you can actually get a loan and start small. If that means you got a, a certain business that you can work out of your home, that's great. And, you know, I'm sure there are some ways you can even do a, a tax write-off because part of your home is used as your, your office. Or, you know, you can look in a co-working space. And, and kind of share the rent with other people. But I think now it's just a matter of you have to start thinking smart in terms of how you raise your capital. But there are investors out there. There are people out there that have a ton of money. And I think so often we feel that because we, may, you know, if anybody feels like you were brought up and you don't have any money and you didn't have money, so what? Investors want to make a return on their investment. I mean, that's the thing that I learned working in finance is that, you know, you got to think of yourself like a stock market. I mean, you're no different than IBM. You go out there, bust your butt, make, you know, make your business work, and then make sure you take care of your investors at the same time. And, you know, that's what we've been trying to do is, you know, how do we make sure we keep our investors informed and, and make them whole? And if you can do that, then and you have a business plan that can demonstrate that, you do your research, you know, are you in a market that can really built that. I mean, you got to make sure you're you're going after a market that can sustain you. Um, so when you really do the research, um, put the business plan together and then sell yourself. And if you're passionate and you believe it, go. Like Nike said it, just do it. Just do it. Okay. Hey, audience, you heard Dorian. He had so much knowledge and information that he just bestowed upon your ears. So just definitely, if you're thinking about starting a restaurant, take his knowledge and run with it. We're going to um, take a quick commercial break, and we're going to come back with Dory in a few minutes. Hey, girl, that's a nice T-shirt you're wearing. Where did you get it? I got it from TeamJesusClothing.com. Really? I like the messaging and the colors. They're so vibrant. Yes, 
TeamJesusClothing.com has a lot of t-shirts and hoodies with encouraging messages. They have styles for both men and women. Wow, thanks for letting me know. I'm going to TeamJesusClothing.com to place my order now. Yes, definitely go to TeamJesusClothing.com and be sure to check out my favorite shirt designs, Team Jesus and Won't He Do It. I can't wait. TeamJesusClothing.com, here I come. Shouldn't laws be black and white? Doesn't everyone deserve the same treatment? For 15-year-old Gemini Berry, the answers are obvious. But then a crime shocks Gemini's small town and she learns that many adults see things in shades of gray. In Nika Chanel's novel, Just As the Sky is Blue, Gemini Berry is forced to grow up fast when her mother agrees to play a central role in a sensational murder trial that tears her small town apart. As the child spins out of control, secrets are revealed and old debts are settled and Gemini's life is ultimately changed forever. Order Mika Chanel's book, Just As the Sky is Blue. Just As the Sky is Blue is available on Amazon.com, Kindle, and Audible.com. And we're back, audience. We're back with Dorian Bolden of the BU Cafe. Before we went to break, he just, just laid on us like all this wonderful information, right, Sweetly? Yes, he did. I'm even writing some of it down myself, listening. So this, this, please pay attention. And, you know, Dorian, I see, went after his vision. Um, he wrote it down. He made it plain. I mean, he invested in himself, his vision. He let people know that he was serious about what he was doing. And um, from there, he said, just don't be afraid. Just do what you got to do. Hey, be you. Right, Dorian? Amen. Just be you. <laughs> so I kind of think he walked by faith and not by sight. Because he said, you know, you got to just pay attention to the um, the Lord and just do what you have to do. And if... um. If you're willing to sweat, eat Roman numerals, uh, catch the bus, then, hey, you'll be successful. I believe that. I totally believe that. <laughs> right. I agree. Although, I, I agree. Stick with the ramen noodles. Yeah. Go ahead, Doran. I'm sorry. No, nah, I was going to like, you know, and I think at the end of the day, man, it has to be fun. I mean, so often, man, you know, it's enough stress going on in the world as it is. Is You know, when you start your business, have fun. I mean, you got to remember why you got into it is that, you know, part of it is you want to do something that you, you know, that you're good at. Like, I mean, you know, people need to be good at what they do. I mean, passion is one of it. Yeah, passion is part of it, yes. But you also got to be good at it because you want to be the best at what you do because if you're the best at it, people are going to want you for that and they're willing to pay for it and you can excel. So, you know, passion is one thing, but also make sure you're good at what you're doing. If you're not, then improve, you know, read books, you know, make sure you continue to seek knowledge um, and continue to, to improve on your craft, whether that's a skill set, whether that's improving your cooking, you know, if you, you know, how do you come up with new recipes? How do you stay, you know, on trends, you know, for like I said, I was late for the for the call because, you know, we're bringing in our keg unit so that we can start doing uh, nitro cold brew and regular cold brew with wow. the newest trend and, and coffee. Yeah. So, what is the, what know, is the nitro gotta, cold brew? I'm sorry. I've seen that on chalk. I've seen that on chalk. Oh, chalk. man, yes. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, again, uh, being a coffee fanatic, um, you know, the nice thing about coffee, first off, right, is you got to think about coffee has been around since for thousands of years. And, you know, I think about how coffee has been involved in every major facet of almost human life when you think about from 
um, just the slave trade, through every crazy war, through every happy celebration, you know, your daily morning ritual, um, you know, hell, even the Catholic Church, the the one of the the old priests of the Catholic Church declared it the, it was once declared the devil's drink until the Catholic Church said no, it's not. How could God ever make something so pure, so bad? And all of a sudden, people started could drink it. It was used for medical purposes. And so you think of this single little element, this bean from the ground has been around for thousands of years. And so that part of how it brings people together, it's, you know, used to have deep conversations about life. And so those things is what I loved about coffee. And so with the cold brew process, you know, you think about all that stuff. You know, you brew coffee, it's hot. Now there's this new process where you no longer use heat to brew coffee. You do it with um, a room temperature. So it's almost like you have, you know, regular room temperature water and you have coffee grinds that coffee grounds that soak in the water, almost like a French press, the old way people used to, to drink coffee. Or people mm-hmm. still do use French press. But um, you have coffee that's soaked in room temperature water over the span of anywhere from 15 to 20 hours. And when they pull the coffee grounds out, it has this really, um, uh, really just great flavor. And then from there, that's, you use kind of a, a, a beer keg in terms of how you're able to, to produce it. So you're using kind of like an infused line that it comes out of a tap handle. But if you decide to infuse nitrogen with it, you know, you can think of drinking a Guinness beer you start having that nice, rich foam that's on top of it, and the body of it is much thicker. So it's it's wow. almost like comparing um, something that's thin, like skim milk, to something that's whole, like uh, heavy cream or whole milk. So the texture of the body of the coffee is just different. So just a kind of a different process of drinking and getting a fuller flavor of drinking coffee at a at room temperature or cold. Okay, I'm definitely going to have to try that. I mean, that's... I- is it, is it more caffeine, or is it just still equally the amount of caffeine? Um, typically, it's, uh, I would say it's probably considered more caffeine because the coffee grounds are soaking in the water for a little bit longer, so it's extracting mm-hmm. the the coffee. And so typically, when you think about coffee sitting in water for that period of time, you're kind of soaking up more caffeine, but uh, it, it's not a tremendous difference than, you know, your traditional cup of coffee. So it's, um, it's not, uh, you know, I don't think it's significant that it's... Um, one way or the other, that if you're drinking regular coffee versus, say, decaf. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, I think, you know, you add your, you know, some vanilla flavor, add you some chocolate to it. I mean, you can do different flavors of it. But I think, again, that's the other reason, I, you know, now that I think about it, what I loved about coffee is that coffee, like food, are ways that you can just be you. I mean, everybody has their own way of drinking coffee. I want to add caramel. I want to add chocolate. Let me have right. my sugar. No, I just want mine straight black. I want to add a little bit of cream. So, you know, everybody's a little bit different in terms of how they're, um, um, you know, how they have their coffee. So I have a question about this coffee thing, the hotness. Mm-hmm. I'm listening to Darren talk about the coffee, and it brings me back to, okay, when you go into a restaurant, they say, okay, this type of wine will be best with this dish right here. Do you compare the coffee like that as well? Do you select a certain type of coffee to go along with your dish? Ah, good question. So sometimes with coffee, one of the things that we've done is that we've uh, actually introduced coffee cocktails. Um, we introduce uh, like coffee cocktails that you can do with different dishes. Or for breakfast, we kind of, you know, it kind of depends on your flavor. If you want to do like a medium roast or a dark roast. Um, mm-hmm. I think in that sense, because the nature of coffee where you can add cream or add flavor, not necessarily because I think coffee is probably a bit more personalized versus wine that um, kind of wine has a very more uh, differentiated taste that 
kind of are compared with um, different types of food. So not so much. Um, and I just think, you know, just the nature of kind of how you do coffees. I will say in terms of whether you want something that's more of a breakfast blend, that's more acidic, so it's bright, kind of pops you up in the morning, you know, versus mm-hmm. something that's like a Sumatra or Java that's kind of more heavy body, that's kind of more full body chocolate flavor that um, is more cool and mellow or something that's a little earthy like a Kenyan or an Ethiopian coffee. So the coffee profiles can go with kind of your breakfast in the morning in terms of what you want to do. But I think a lot of those just kind of have to, they just kind of based on kind of, you know, how you just prefer to, to drink your coffee and the type of person you are versus kind of the food that you're, you're eating. Mm-hmm. Well, she's definitely, like, sweetly. She likes it. I think she likes it sweet. Um, Dorian, I really, we really appreciate your time this, um, this, today. And, but before we let you go, would you please take a moment to let the audience know where, um, information about your restaurant, your website, your social media, how can people get in touch with um, finding out more information about your restaurant? Yeah, so BU Cafe is uh, it's spelled B-E-Y-U, ironically like Bayou. Um, gets mispronounced that all the time. But, yeah, you can find us on BU Cafe, B-E-Y-U-C-A-F-F-E. Com. Uh, there are two F's in the cafe, and that's one of our ways of giving homage to the, uh, the birthplace of the espresso machine and kind of the ex- explosion of coffee houses in, back in Italy, and they spoke uh, coffee with two F's, C-A-F-F-E. So B-E-Y-U-C-A-F-F-E. That's our Twitter, Twitter handler, our Instagram handler, and uh, also Facebook. And so, yeah, I mean, we got, um, I think we've up to 20 to 21,000 followers now on Facebook, and, you know, combined... You know, we got probably about thirty-five to 40,000 people following us, you know, a little small spot here in Durham. And, yeah, we're just having fun and just trying to keep at it, you know, entering our 10th year and, yeah, just trying to find our little place and enjoy the journey. Well, it sounds like you are enjoying the journey, and it just sounds like you're having a wonderful time doing it. So I pray that God continues to bless be you and um, your family, and thank you for a wonderful wife that you have because I know your time is spent mostly at that restaurant, so we just lift her up as well. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> well said. Yes, I know. And we just want to thank our <laughs> listeners this evening. And um, if you're out there and you're listening, I know you got some great information. I know you got some great, great information. So keep that in mind. And you heard how you can find out about Dorian or get in touch with him. Or either you can even contact the Hotness and Sweetly, and we can get you in contact with them. Anything else, Hotness? That's it, Sweetly. Thank you, thank you. All right, then. This has been Sweetly and the Hotness. Checking out what your restaurant is all about. Thank you.